So, okay. So if we do so like a five, four, three, two, one, and then say like Bazinga. Five, four, three, two, one, Bazinga. And welcome to the first episode of Now Showing, uh, a new film podcast dedicated to what's going on and what has been in the world of films. I'm here with Jürgen. Howdy, my fellow people. And I'm Sam. And yeah, that's what's going to be going on. So first off, we'll give you a quick idea of what's going on in the world right now. So some news. Uh, and then we'll be going through two of our favourite films. Uh, for me, I've picked Silence of the Lambs, and I've made Jürgen watch it. And Jürgen's picked Call Me By Your Name, which I've gone and watched. And uh, we'll give our thoughts on that, just you know, so everyone knows what, uh, what kind of films we like, our opinions of films. And then we'll go for a topical film, and we're going to both review uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, the uh, last film in the 20-year X-Men yeah, 20 saga. Year. And uh, and yeah, give us thoughts thoughts on that. How are you doing? Doing uh, real good. I've been uh, had a great uh, weekend. Uh, thankfully, it's a day of God tomorrow, Monday, so I don't need to go to school. So that's amazing. What is? Why do you not have to go to school on a Monday? Do you never have to go to school on a Monday? Uh, no, it's just um, I don't know what's called in English, but it's something about Jesus or something. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Jürgen is Norwegian. So, first off, start with the news. Uh, I'm just going to go for the headlines. Uh, did you hear about Robert Downey Jr.? I heard a bit about it. Uh, I heard it was a good thing. He he's um, <laughs> he's Tony Stark. He uh, has announced that he is going to put money into brand new advanced technology to help save the environment. That's so good. Yeah. What, I mean, if I we couldn't like him anymore... I guess he's going to have some more spare time. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. For some reason, spoiler, spoiler uh, I think the spoiler ban's off now. Yeah. So we were out to say, he died. Basically. He died in Endgame. The Russo brothers, uh, makers of Endgame, t- talking of it, uh, have announced a, uh, a Magic the Gathering animated series. I don't know how well you can adapt a card game. I mean, the Russo brothers are made. They've adapted some great things. I don't know how they do about a card game. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm an expert on the world of Magic the Gathering, but well, you know, I, I trust them because of of uh, of the last Avengers film. I still don't know how it works, but I assume it has some deep lore and stuff, as uh, as everything seems to do these days. Uh, and continuing with adaptions, uh, they're making an Uncharted movie, um, featuring Tom Holland for some reason. Starring as a young Nathan Drake, but I think that's a very strange decision to make, rather than not just to feature a 35-year-old. Yeah, I feel I don't know Tom Holland as as great of an actor he is. I feel like he I don't think he fits the role of Nathan Drake. Yeah, I don't know. I think I feel almost like Sony probably thought, let's get Tom Holland in. What what's our biggest film we're making? Rather than just thinking, let's get Nathan Drake in. 
I don't know. It just seems like a strange decision. But I guess we'll have to see what happens. And um, I don't really like Tom Holland. So <laughs> I uh, I can't really stand him as Spider-Man. But, you know, I haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming. So I can't really Wait, make it. You haven't? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Well, I need to watch it before the new one comes out. But I didn't like him in Endgame or Infinity War or Civil War. Um, but that might be just my nostalgic memories of Tobey Maguire. New poster for Wonder Woman 1984, which is not news at all. I mean, it's a poster, <laughs> but... Um, it's a cool poster. It is a cool poster. It's a really cool poster. But what is interesting is the strange backlash that has come from it. Yeah, of course, people are... Some some sad, sad people, of course. Uh, the little basements, of course, being a bit sad that she doesn't show too much skin. Yeah, that's the problem, is that uh, a character who spent a whole film showing off her skin is not going to show her skin off for the next film. What a strange thing to care about. Thankfully, she, <laughs> alongside now Harley Quinn, is going to be wearing m much more clothes. Yes, yes. To dismay of sad little boys. <laughs> she said she's going to have a less revealing costume in the upcoming Birds of Prey film that everyone is so excited for. Didn't even hear about it until she said she was going to wear my clothes. I don't know who else is the birds, but, you know. <laughs> There's nothing more common than uh, than making a sequel and a reboot of absolutely anything that's ever made any money ever. So uh, I'm going to quickly add a small section uh, of sequel and reboot and spin-offs. So uh, speed through them. Uh, they're making a Fast and Furious 9, which isn't a surprise, but the big deal is WWE legend John Cena is to appear in the film, uh, but The Rock is not, as he's in the spin-off. So that's a spin-off, sequel and a spin-off. The thing is, I'm surprised John Cena hasn't been in the movies before now. I've only found out the other day that there was, like, the first four or five Fast and Furious films didn't have The Rock in them. I've only watched the first and the seventh Fast and Furious. It's, it's, I know it's a pretty uh, strange way to watch them, but the first one isn't as, like, ridiculous as, well, the seventh was... <laughs> I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen I've seen probably two films, um, but I've kind of trying generally tried to stay clear of them. They seem a little bit monster trucky for me. You know what I mean? They're a little bit. They're a bit. Yeah. Old. I don't like to use the word Brexit for an American film. Okay, so next sequel or reboot or spin-off news: Ant-Man three and Thor four, reportedly confirmed for MCU Phase four. Um, nothing can die. And they're going to keep on making superhero films until the end of time. I'm not particularly annoyed about this spin, these sequels because Thor 3 was so good. But yeah. I don't know what would possess people to make another Ant-Man after the first two. <laughs> now, my question is, wouldn't Thor 4, as much as I would love them to just call it 4, to, wouldn't it much but fit much more to have Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Because at the end of end game, it seemed like Thor. Ended they are making Guns of Galaxy three though. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. But James that. James Gunn got sacked and then rehired. Thankfully. Thankfully, but. and now he's making the Suicide Squad, which is a reboot, <laughs> not a sequel. But it also <laughs> uh, makes sense for the original, so it is a sequel. But they're rebooting the franchise with a sequel. It's so weird, man. Yeah. I, don't I mean, understand. I don't understand. Is that Jared Jared Leto is in a Marvel film? He's in like Morbius or something. I can't remember where he is. He's in some Marvel film. 
which means he can't be in the Suicide Squad. But the Joker was a massive part of Suicide Squad. So if it's supposed to make sense, does that mean they just cut the Joker out? Or are they going to get a new actor to pretend he was Jared Leto? Well, I think... Uh, it's, if Have you seen the Joker trailer? Oh, yeah. The Joker, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix one. Yeah, yeah. You saw that, like, he became, like, an icon for anarchy or something. I and can't see you... them sticking him in the Suicide Squad, though. But, like... Um, you saw like people started wearing like uh, Joker-esque masks. So I think my theory is that Jared Leto was kind of like a man who oh, idolized. He like idolized uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Wow. Yeah, that's a. Well, yeah, that, that's actually a good. That's a good idea. Kind of way to just say, oh yeah, Jared Leto isn't really the Joker. Yeah. Thankfully, because of the, the Joker damage. Joker is a concept. <laughs> rather than yeah. a person. Talking of more superior reboots, they're remaking Batman, which they didn't really ever... It's like a re-reboot, but they didn't fully reboot it last time. Like Ben Affleck didn't have his own film, so he didn't really reboot it, but he is Batman in the DCEU. So it's kind of like a half... I mean, the it's DCEU so fucked, is man. fucked. <laughs> it's so fucked. They made Justice League, and they're going to keep Gal Gadot. They're going to... I don't know, are they going to keep, I, I, I assume they're going to keep Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah, because she's in the Birds yeah, yeah. of Prey film. Superman, I forgot his name. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill also dropped down as Superman, right? Well, there's some confusion about Henry Cavill because he said he was leaving, then there's reports he sorted out a contract, and then now he's doing The Witcher, and it's all like very confused, um, but I would not mind at all if they got rid of him. Yeah, so basically, two biggest of their two biggest characters flopped massively. So, <laughs> I mean, Man of Steel was dreadful. Oh, I don't know how. I mean, Justice League was even worse. Um, at, and the worst of all of them was Batman vs Superman. <laughs> Dawn of Justice. I'm so happy I've only seen Man of Steel. Another. So now we've got a spin-off. Steven Spielberg's animated Jurassic World. On Netflix called Camp Cretaceous. Cretaceous? Cretaceous, I think it's Cretaceous. Cretaceous? Yeah, I think Maybe. So. Yes, I think it's yeah, so it's supposed to be set about the same time as the original Jurassic World. Not Jurassic Park. Okay. The original Jurassic World film with Christopher Pratt. And um, some spin-off with some little kids. Because I feel like the original films and the reboots are not enough. Now a sequel I've got a bit more time for. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is making a, a Django Zorro crossover film out of a comic that he came up with the concept for. Um, which, again, you know, crossovers don't normally work out well, uh, with the exception of probably the Marvel stuff. But you think, you know, Alien vs. Predator wasn't the best. Freddy versus Jason wasn't the best. I think that he'll probably sort it out. I think, uh, I don't know, I've got faith in Quentin Tarantino. Um, it's a very interesting concept. I'd say that it's going to be a really cool crossover, I feel. I love, I love Django. Such a good movie. One of my favourites. Oh, it's excellent. It really is excellent. Anything Quentin Tarantino's ever done, basically. This maybe gets the prize for most unnecessary reboot sequel spin-off they're rebooting scrooged the bill murray classic christmas film with kevin hart what is scrooge 
It's a modern day Christmas Carol. Okay. It's Christmas Carol set in the nineties in New York. They've decided to go for Kevin Hart as the um, as the lead, which is no problem, except for the fact that Kevin Hart is extremely painfully unfunny. I'd much rather have like The Rock. That'd be so funny. Yeah, or Chris Rock. <laughs> Ghostbusters 3 announced for 2020. Um, it isn't a sequel to the Ghostbusters film that came out three years ago. That was terrible. It's a sequel to the to Ghostbusters 2 or Ghostbusters the original. But then why did they reboot it? Did they assume that their all-female Ghostbusters film made out of a cast of shit cunts was going to do well? What a pointless film. <laughs> well, is it going to be is it going to be the original cast? Of- yeah. That's what Sigourney Weaver said. So yes. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver said that yeah, there was going to be the original cast back. So basically why did Ghostbusters 2016 exist? Um They've now named it Ghostbusters Answer the Call in retrospect. So I feel like huh. they uh, are trying to retcon it as something different or a spin-off or not a reboot, basically. So kind of like the new Men in Black, kind of. Maybe, yeah, I guess. But then this couldn't work in the same world because it's basically the same story as the first one, except for Terrible just... and with Chris Hemsworth in it for some reason. <laughs> Didn't they kind of say... It's like not in the same universe at all in the, as the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, so alternate all-female reality. <laughs> I'm assuming they probably would have made a Ghostbusters 2 if it was successful, but now it isn't, so they're making a Ghostbusters 3. Okay, so... Just let it die. Let it be a ghost. Fuck me. <laughs> let it be a ghost. And, yeah, everything does need a sequel. Talking of which... Rocketman producer wants to take on David Bowie. Okay, fair enough. No. Rocketman producer also wants to make an Elton John sequel. So he wants to make both. Or he's talked about both and he's considering both. You know, actually, I saw Rocketman. Uh, I did not like it. Uh, but I said to my like brother when I was watching, watching it, I said, oh, before, because I don't talk in the cinema. I said... They've done it. Um, they've done a movie about Elton John and Freddie Mercury. So I thought, I said, well, now to complete the trifecta, they have to do one about David Bowie. And apparently, and boom, they are gonna do it. I have a problem with music films. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I'm massively into my music, and not so much Elton John or Freddie Mercury, albeit. But I'm a big David Bowie fan. I love me some David Bowie. Love, love him. I love, love me some David Bowie, but don't bother. You know what I mean? I just don't have a problem with. I've got a problem with film movies. I didn't enjoy Bohemian Rhapsody at all. Um, Bohemian I, Rhapsody I, 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 was not good. Also directed by a paedophile. Uh. Yeah, I mean this one's about a paedophile, kind of. But that less. It's a bit ambiguous. Ooh. But perhaps you know David Bowie is a he's a bit of a nonce. But. I don't know. It's something about it where just don't. I don't know. Just some people, you know, people say separate the the art from the artist. It's like I don't want to know everything. Just yeah. 
I'm happy, and then it's gonna get some stuff wrong, and it's gonna so exaggerate some stuff, and it's just like read a biography, man. I just, I just don't like, I don't like it. Yeah. And they've got to get someone new to sing the songs. I don't know what's it's wrong with me. It's just I always feel like it's very, it's very bland. Like I thought that like Bohemian Rhapsody was like, of course it was gonna get five star reviews. You know what I mean? It's just it's getting five star reviews because of Queen. It's not getting five star reviews because yeah. the film's any good. The only good part about Bohemian Rhapsody was Rami Malek. Uh, it's like oh, I Rami, Malek. Rami Malek. Rami. Yeah, Rami Malek was good. Yeah. Well, Rami Malek is also going to be in the new James Bond, of course. So, villain. yes, he's a bad guy, isn't he? I'd say he's perfect for that. <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he's got lots to live up to. Bond, you know, Bond villains. There's nothing higher in in film hierarchy than being able to pull off a good Bond villain. Other than sinister pulling off a Bond. <laughs> Other than putting up a bond, that I'm sure Idris Elba will, will do excellently, and we're all very excited. But that's never actually been confirmed. I mean, it just, it, I think it has been confirmed that he won't do it. Really? Yeah, because uh, this is the last um, one for I Daniel Craig. The name. Daniel Craig. This is the last Daniel Craig James Bond, but I, th I think Idris Elba has confirmed he's not a James Bond. That's sad. Sure is sad. Lastly, the last sequel, spin-off, remake, reboot, whatever, to talk about is <sighs> Indiana Jones 5. Oi. Harrison Ford is in it as well. So no. Getting rid of him. I don't know what was good about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that they thought would be any good. I don't know if Shia LaBeouf is going to reprise his role as I hope Shia LaBeouf is in it, just for the memes. <laughs> I hope Shia LaBeouf isn't in it. I don't think he needs that right now. I think Shia LaBeouf just needs a long, cold shower for a year. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Let it die. Also, old news now, but obviously it's the first episode of the podcast. So, you know, everything's old new, everything's new news compared to the news we've never reported before. Why are they making three more Star Wars films? I don't know. I like The Last Jedi. I didn't like The Force Awakens. A lot of people have it the other way around. I didn't like the fact that Princess Leia flew through the window. But other than that, I thought it was a genuinely pretty good movie. I think the bad guy yeah. got his name. Just uh, Kylo Ren. I thought he was good. I liked him. I thought he was like a, a young, fit Snape. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Alan Rickman. But why do you need to carry it on? And then they're saying, oh yeah, but it's not going to be related to the current cast. It's not going to be related to Han Solo. Then just make a different film series. Just don't call it Star Wars. I'm just tired of ruining the, the same old shit. You know, ruining it's... Star Wars like you did when you made the first three new ones, or ruining Star Wars again like you did with this shitty series. Okay, I thought the second one was so... alright. It's amazing because they've. <laughs> the Star Wars series, people are going to look back, right? Star Wars, one of the biggest, like, cultural things ever. Probably going to be. It probably is one of the. Probably is the biggest. F film series of all time and oh, yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> and out of what like not 10 movies right yeah, yeah 10 three um, good movies yeah um <laughs> i think there's more than that there's three six so there's the th the nine main films no well that hasn't come out yet okay yeah okay eight eight so there's eight that's come out and then there's two the spin-offs spin and there's also star wars the clone wars and also Star Wars The Christmas special. 
So I was holiday special. That's the best yeah, yeah. of them all. That's the best one. Chewbacca's uh, family sitting down for a bit of uh, supper. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So yeah, one Harrison Ford film to the next. Don't make new Star Wars films, Disney. Please just name them something different. Don't make new Andrew Jones films. And also, Disney, don't make the five, ten Avatar films you're making that no one cared for. The f I know it's the biggest film of all time, but only because the pretty graphics. Basically, people paid to go to watch a screensaver. There's no way that people are going to watch Avatar 2 and 3. I'm sure people will, but there's no, no, there's no interest. There's no demand for Avatar 2 now. It's not. It's really not. The film came out in 2009. This next film's going to come out in 2022. That is, that is something special, man. Anyway, finishing that, Disney, you bastards. From Disney, who obviously own Marvel, to the old Marvel in X-Men Dark Phoenix, which we will give our reviews, which I feel like might be slightly contrasting later on. The Ooh. lead actress of the film, the main character actor <laughs> of the film, Sophie Turner, Revealed, genuine, she genuinely cried during her part in Dark Phoenix, in one of the saddest scenes, and this has been revealed by Jennifer Lawrence, because they took her jewel away. <laughs> they took away her shisha <laughs> pen, her whatever you want to call it. Uh, USB vape cigarette. And she cried. Now, this comes after that picture with like four million likes of her having a puff on it in the game of thrones that is set. one of my favorite pictures of all time yeah i think i've seen I've, i'm gonna count i think i've seen at least five people that i follow that have that as a twitter header oh that's um, header, isn't it? it's ruined by the presence of bran who <laughs> is just the worst character in game of thrones but i've only seen four series so i can't make a comment but fuck you bran i can't wait for us to like to review it when you are done I can't wait yeah we'll go with a retrospective review of all the Game of Thrones okay so the new films announced coming out that uh of just the trailers have dropped so a bit different the new trailers that are dropped are Le Mans 66 or Ford v Ferrari as it's called in uh in America and the trailers for Ad Astra and um I am quite excited for, for V Ferrari because I haven't seen enough Christian Bale in my life recently. <laughs> he's and such a good I, actor. He's excellent. I mean, he's such a dickhead, but he's excellent. I mean, you need to be, I guess. But, um, I mean, this is just coming off the back of the fact that Jared Leto sent people used condoms when he was the Joker before his excellent performance in the film of the year, Suicide Squad. Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> Academy Award eight-time winning Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad probably did win an Oscar. I'm so sad that it did. Did it? Yeah, it actually did for makeup yeah, and uh, hair or something. I can't disagree with that. I mean, like, everybody has gone as the Joker or Harley Quinn for the last three Halloweens, so... I mean, it was up It was up against Star Trek, which had fucking amazing makeup, so... That is true. Um, Ad Astra also looks quite good. I didn't think so. Did you not? I, it looks so cheesy to me. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of it's the kind of film that it'll come out and it'll have a fat budget and everyone will watch it in the cinema and go, well, that was cool, and then completely forget about it. Like, 
Gravity or oh, John Carter. Jim like, John Carter? No. It's like some, it was like 400 million pound budget space film where no one watched it and it was about like aliens and it was set on like Mars. And oh, I remember that. Yeah. That was like um, uh, in Donald Duck magazines. I remember that was an ad in there. It's an odd thing to remember. What an obscure Bible. reference. <laughs> okay, so I think that's pretty much anything. Got anything to add? I mean, Ford v Ferrari looked exciting. Yeah, the Ford really watch it. really good. It's yeah. actually really good. I don't like cars at all. Ad Astra looks just... Ugh. Ah, oh, my dad's in space and I need to stop him from killing the universe. Jesus yeah, Christ. I wonder if it'll be as good as, sadly, not Oscar-nominated... Uh, Geostorm that had a similar space-based killing all of planetary <laughs> existence uh, plotline. Okay, so moving on to the first of our two uh, reviews, or first of our three reviews, which is uh, the 2017 okay. film Call Me By Your Name, which Jürgen has recommended me to watch. Um, I'd never seen before. Uh, it's on Now TV for any of you UK people, and I don't know. Do you get any, Do you get Now TV in Norway? No, no, we don't. <laughs> so yeah, Sky Cinema Now TV. Call me by your name. By directed by Luca Giaginio. Giaginino. Guadinio. 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 Yeah, Luca Guadinio. And yeah, so I'd never seen it before, and Jürgen said it's one of his favorite films. So obviously, I had high expectations for it coming in um if you haven't seen it it's a uh, it's a i'll say romance film um set in some idyllic part of 80, italy. 80s in italy 80s, 80s northern italy. italy and it is excellent i oh, i'm so, so angry i hadn't seen it until now <laughs> i'm annoyed i hadn't i hadn't heard of it okay i, I heard of it for somebody that's doing a film podcast, I haven't seen that many films. I mean, there's probably an awful lot of people that should be doing a podcast about films that are, and I'm, I'm not one of them. But I'm doing it anyway. And I haven't seen it. I hadn't heard about it. There was no hype about it. Nobody recommended it to me. I, I'd seen the picture before, and I think I'd seen it on Now TV here and there, but I just, like, I had never paid any attention to it. Fucking hell. It is one of the best films I've ever seen. It's like, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix recently. They've added these videos that are like a train going through a mountainside. And it's just oh. like an hour and a half of just like HD, 4K. That was detailed. a big thing in Norway. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, basically our BBC. Like imagine BBC2 showing 24-7 a train going through Norway. <laughs> Such a strange country. That was actually a big thing. See, this is what will happen to us if we leave the EU. It's like one of those. It is just such a pleasure to watch. Oh, Watching so the film, it's like, take away, say none of the characters that appeared, appeared. So no, nobody said any dialogue. It would still be a fucking three and a half, four and a half star film. It so is shot so impeccably well. Every single shot is crisp. Every single shot is like, it helps it's in such an idyllic location, but it's got these long 30, 40 minute long shots, no cuts at all. Just like kind of slow panning across, perspective changes, 
background foreground two people in the same shot just it's like it's like you watch a tutorial on how to make films <laughs> it's just so every shot is just so beautiful everyone's placed so well the camera moves such the perfect speed perfect amount i cannot of any film i've seen you know that's not hyper cgi in space it's got the best cinematography of any film i can imagine any film i've ever seen it, I, I, maybe i'm overdoing it and maybe it's just because <laughs> i'm it's fresh in my head but i just that's that was what made it you know yeah, um, so good. at the end there was this shot of you know if you've seen the film you, you know I'm, you might know what i'm saying but there's this shot where he gets home um the main character is played by timothy chalamet he gets home in a car with his mum and his mum goes to the shop and his friends come up to him and the way that it's the way that it focuses in on him on the car and his mum walking off in the background and then it kind of slowly spins round to reveal the friend coming towards them it's hard to describe but it just it was filmmaking excellence the masterclass so that's what you know obviously gets me big big props for me but just from a, a plot point of view i mean it was it was so it was so good it was um i'm saying the same things but just from a plot point of view it was so in depth and it really really made me feel for these characters in you know two hours i, I felt like i you know i could really vibe with them and you could see where everyone was coming from i mean it's really helped it's backed up from a really really good performances from Tim timothy chalamet and army, army hammer Oh, who, so uh, I can't see I've seen much of either of them before. Um, uh, Timothy Chalamet has been... Uh, it's pretty big right now. He's going... He was in Interstellar. So yes, like, yes. Uh, the kid. Yeah, he was and, good. And uh, he's in Lady Bird. It's also a really good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But yeah, I remember he was in Interstellar. He was good in Interstellar. So, uh, and uh, I... of course, he's going to be the, the star character in the Dune movie coming out in 2020 which i'm fucking looking forward to i mean i'm yeah yeah i mean i've got to now you know that that performance was excellent and um, i know this is old news film character years ago but you know and i really there was this the performances from even the the most irrelevant characters were were <laughs> so excellent i really think it was real important um thinking you know from a perspective it's pride month now you know and <laughs> that message of like quite common in any kind of coming of age lgbt film that there's a feeling that he's doing something wrong and he feels accepted now and he's realized you know that it's not he should be ashamed of it you know it, that does seem to normally get a little bit kind of repetitive and a bit boring but the way that he he kind of it's not said outright like it could have been the way that it's kind of carefully put into metaphorical dialogue and the way that you know he slowly obviously he said sometimes but he slowly kind of you can feel with him the journey of him realizing what he's doing isn't wrong and yeah. also the journey that army hammer who's his love interest who's 15 years older than him whatever he has a journey in coming to accept that he can be with someone so young it's such a beautiful movie like it's also says such an important message in such a, such a fantastic way if you haven't watched it should watch it please watch it it's so good it's cr i cried a lot i have to say i mean i yeah i mean i, I didn't but you know 
he definitely <laughs> came close to it, you know. It's just everything, man. It's just the shots and the music was so good. It kept, of kept the audio really natural as well. Like, there's just little tiny things like that to talk real loudly when the cars were coming past and stuff. It was kept it really like you were in the moment. You felt like you were the the camera felt like you were the, the third character or whatever in the scene. Um, you know, it, had, it really looked 80s as well. I mean, not with like graphically, obviously it was still good, but it had like a slight grain on it and the colors used and obviously all the things that happened, it, it just like prop wise, it was, you know, really came because you could tell it was 80s in the first two minutes. I didn't know it was in the 80s until, you know, they mentioned it midway through the film, but every, the music and the thing, it just is so 80s. Um, not that I was there, but you know, <laughs> um, he did, you know, spoilers, he does come in a peach. Oh yeah, so, that, that is so, it sounds weird, but it is a very, very good like scene because it like feels shame for what he's done. For coming in a peach. <laughs> yeah, daunting him how badly what he has done like might have lost like his the man he's he loves. It was a bit strange though that scene, the whole <laughs> coming in a peach thing. But you know, I understand the point of it. Just it was to my surprise a little bit. I thought he was just eating a peach, and then he suddenly starts. You know, but whatever. If you watch the film, you know what I'm on about. I've got to say, you know, it's just at times throughout that film, I was questioning my own sexuality. I mean, I, I'm quite comfortably straight, but throughout that <laughs> film, I thought Timothy Chalamet. I thought, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe I, I would, you know. And then there was one scene when they were both laying in bed together, and they both had their sweaty asses on top of another. And I thought, hmm, I know I am straight. Okay, like, you know. There's just something about the male ass. It just don't appeal to me. Anyway, everyone completely opposite to me. <laughs> yeah, everyone should be required to watch the scene that oh. there's a, an embrace between his father and Timothy Chalamet near the end of the film. His father, played by Michael Stuhlberg, they have a scene later on where they're talking together about acceptance and love, and you know how giving your heart up to someone and pushing away the feeling and you know not accepting your true emotions and everybody should be required to watch that before they before they grow up before they leave school before they go on to the wider world because it's got such a great message of acceptance and allowing yourself to be yourself and you, you said you talked about the you talked about the music of course being made by my lord Sufjan Stevens uh yeah. what a man snubbed at the Oscars Fucking Coco one. Remember me, fuck that. <laughs> but also one, of course, for adapted screenplay, thankfully. Yeah. And, oh, uh, so deserving it. Oh, so good. Was Best Picture nominee, too? Yes. Should have won. Who won that year? Who won 2017? Uh, Best Picture. It was either, I think it was Shape of Water, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Which is a great film. Yeah, excellent film as well. So I can't really moan because it's an excellent film. And thankfully, I don't know if it's thankfully, but he's writing a second one. Yes, I so the, don't know how that's going to work. Well, it, it's going to be uh, Elio is older now, and he's going to—I think it was—he's become a like classical pianist. He's going <laughs> to move. He's moving, moving to Paris. I'm not. Well, you know. I'm not a big fan of a sequel. I feel like it's really unnecessary most of the time. But the opportunity to watch that again in a different yeah. form would be a blessing. That strange age gap love. 
I think just watching that like bond between that chemistry between Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet is something that you don't get in a lot of movies. Such good chemistry between two two actors. Thank you for making me watch that, Jürgen. Thank you so much. No problem. As and as you thank me, I have to thank you for making me watch Silence of the Lambs. I'm almost surprised you'd never seen it before. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a it's a shame I haven't watched it. Of course, I have to say, I have to admit that. But what a movie, man! It's a, it's a reason. It's fucking uh, one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, it's, it's for a reason. One of my favourite films ever. I'd say top three, you know, uh, seven. Don't laugh at me, but Forrest Gump. I love that film. And and that. And all, and um, Pulp Fiction as well. That's, yeah. And Silence of the Lambs, obviously. But yeah, just all 90s films. But um, yeah, I just can't adore Silence of the Lambs. It is anything you could want from a thriller. And more. Now, talking about sequels, of course. I see now... It's got. F- f- there are four movies, apparently. Yeah. Now, but you don't have to watch them. Yeah, like, that's what I thought. Because I'm looking at the rates. The first the one best. I saw after Silence of the Lambs, and I don't feel that was a bad decision in any way. I, I think I'm going to stop at Silence of the Lambs. I think I that's think a good decision. <laughs> don't I ruin think... the memory. They are yeah, good films, though. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, of course, one of such a good performance. So with Jodie Foster. It's weird. I mean, I know I'm, it's a bit, probably a bit uh, hypocritical, hypocritical for me to say this, but if you haven't watched it, what are you doing? Some of the shots, of course, like when uh, Jodie's against the glass, you see like the reflection of like Hannibal coming in. Spoiler alert, I guess. The, um, the end of the movie, when the FBI SWAT team were ring the, ringing the doorbell. And it turned out like it was Jody ringing the door. I thought that was great, great execution. Yeah, I feel like spoiler warning probably <laughs> fine. I mean, it did come out. Yeah, ninety-two, six, I think. It did come out in ninety-six. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. Okay, so I was I was close the first time. Close. Okay. Me. Yes, ninety-six. I think I was a bit bit late. I've just got. I I think the it's just so scary in like I'm not a big fan of jump scares like not in the way that I'm I'm scared of them but like I feel it's cheap very cheap ways to scare people but that kind of chilling terrifying tonguing around with with fear you know what I mean do you know what I mean he's like yeah he's not really it's nothing's very direct it's all just kind of working your way around the threat and it is so well done I don't think any actor could have done it like he did um, it's just, it's just, it's like, it's almost a kind of one-person film. Um, Jodie Foster is is excellent. I've, I mean, I, I had a discussion with my friends recently. Where I had a big argument. Who's the who's the MVP of that film? Who's <laughs> the most valuable person to, in the making of that film? Who's the the greatest person there? And I had long arguments because they think Jodie Foster. She is excellent. She is, but. It needs... I think someone else could have done it. Maybe not as well, yeah. but it needs Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins, that is such a good performance, man. Like, that. You're talking about one of the greats, one of the best actors to ever do it. 
and that is his best performance that's him at his peak that's him in his prime that is just every single line is quotable you know obviously the uh, the chianti one is the one that everyone will remember and of course yeah, I, I was gonna add that to the end but i can't do it i've got a very short tongue <laughs> which is good because i speak english luckily i don't speak spanish because i can't roll the r's oh your language is norwegian you have to roll roll your letters don't you i think so i don't know just i just talk <laughs> does violence the right way i'll say that yeah. as well but sometimes didn't wasn't it was it was graphic when it needed to be it you know kind of made you assume when other times it's and then the such a great bad guy as well you know it's oh. kind of the skinning and everything it's just so <sighs> grim evil move that is the way you want to do it like exactly at the end of the movie like oh oh my god that makes so much sense yeah like of course that's like that is how you do like kind of a twist and how you do like unraveling a story like how like, it makes sense to so you textbook. afterwards that how it yeah. does it instead of like oh okay <laughs> like yeah, kind of it's yeah, like yeah. pulled out of someone's ass like how they did it yeah it's a dream it's not like sh it's not hinted towards it's not laid out in the story that you can figure out yourselves yeah it's like it only makes sense in retrospect and it yeah. makes perfect sense it's like everything adds up, but only when you know the final piece. Yeah. So that makes the movie rewatchable in such a great way. Yeah, it's like um, the sixth sense. It's like him being a ghost is obvious. Is not obvious at all. You'd never really think. I mean, you, that's a bit more of a chance, but you really wouldn't guess the first time. And then when you get told he's a ghost, everything makes sense. It just completely yeah. unravels. The whole plot makes so much more make more sense same thing was one of my favorite movies of course too uh the prestige yeah if you've seen it oh fucking hell such a good movie uh the prestige with plot of how like him basically teleporting um but not teleporting it kind of creates like another another version of himself yeah and it is hinted towards in the movie that oh spoiler alert the Christian Bale uses a body double. They say that in the movie outright, and they're like, "No, no, 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 no. He he wouldn't use a body double. That's too simple." But like, they live. Him and his twin live like kind of a double life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And when you realise that, everything makes sense. Or that Snape is uh, actually the good guy, and that Dumbledore's <laughs> the bad guy. You don't realise that until right at the end. Well, Dumbledore's a bit of a dick. He's not really a bad guy. Okay, moving swiftly on. The main event of the evening. The juice. The 12-rounder. Uh, the topical film of the week. Just hit cinemas. Terrible, terrible Rotten Tomatoes reviews. I think it's sitting about 21% right now. Let me check. 22%. 22%. According to 233 reviews. Now, I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but, you know, people are saying that, you know, Fox just lost the rights to the Marvel series and Disney owns the rest and Disney owns Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't buy into that. But 
that's what I want to make myself think. So we both saw the film, um, yep. and yeah, I'm assuming we have different points of view. So I'll say mine. I'll give myself my little rundown, and then you can say yours, and then we can compare. So X Men: Dark Phoenix, the last of the X Men films, critically hated. Um, audience, it's mixed. I thought it was great. I love the film. I thought it was great. I thought it was, you know, a massive improvement on the shit show that was Apocalypse. Um, I'd even go as far to say it was better than First Class and definitely The Last Stand and X-Men, Origins Wolverine and The Wolverine. So I think it's pretty high up in, in the list. You know, it's one of the better ones. Uh, definitely kind of top five. I was really impressed by the performance of uh, Michael Fassbender, as yep. always. I mean, undoubtedly the best actor to be involved with. Uh, these new X-Men. Um, yep. You know, you can make an argument that he's had the best performances of, of people, including the old ones, but I'd probably give that to Hugh Jackman. Um, no disrespect to uh, I mean. to Sir Patrick Stewart. But just for Logan alone, I'll give it to uh, Hugh Jackman. But Michael Fassbender, again, absolutely excellent. Um, really classic Magneto. There was one scene where he picks up his helmet and that just fills you with this like x-men-ness this x-men pride this you know oh my god it's all coming back together i'm not gonna go for any spoilers at the start you know i keep cute kind of spoiler of free until the end but um yeah he was great he was great and i thought james mcavoy uh, had some really good moments i thought james mcavoy was was had a great great performance i thought that uh jennifer lawrence was as good as always i didn't like uh beast nicholas holt i didn't i, didn't, I thought he 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 was a little bit dry. He was a little bit yeah. plain. It was a bit kind of red off a piece of paper. It didn't really have the emotion to match the rest of the X Men. Um, and of course, Sophie Turner, who I won't say I was uh, impressed by, but I wouldn't say I was disappointed by. I got what I thought I was going to get. It wasn't as good as she was as Sansa, but. That's obviously a character she's been doing for 80 hours of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I did, I, part of me thought it was going to be this big blow your face off. She's going to be excellent. Every line's going to be so cool and she's going to think, but I think maybe the, the challenge of doing an American accent and it's a whole series she's not been involved in much yeah. and first time she's the main character. So, you know, for her performance, it's a very kind of 7 out of 10, 6.5 out of 10. Um not like my massive numbers guy but when it comes to the plot i thought the i thought it was it did people, one of the big criticisms is that it was rushed a lot of people say x-men dark Phoenix was rushed it, it didn't seem like you know it, it didn't seem like they knew how long they had to make it it didn't seem like they knew the running time uh they didn't seem like they had enough time it didn't seem like enough money went into it dot 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 dot, dot. it is true you know it was supposed to be two films but i thought that the plot fit well with one film I thought it could. I would have loved to have seen another hour and a half of it, no doubt. But I thought it fit fine as one film. I thought that the plot was clear. I, th I thought the plot was was clear. You know, the progression of of Gene as the character was was excellent. Um, I thought that it kept you focused on what was the important stuff, and it didn't really fill the screen time with any kind of rubbish and there was no massive focus on a side plot it was all very plot driven as of all of the x-men films i don't think i'd even make this criticism for the apocalypse i thought the music was great and i thought it was shot well 
I really, I can't really fault it that much. Um, I, uh, there was some scenes where I thought, okay, you know, th this, this really has shoved a lot of info into dialogue. You know, it was a lot of tell instead of show. But I think that was, you know, part they were kind of hamstrung a little bit by their lack of, of the two films they originally wanted because of Disney being the massive conglomerate they are and dickheads. <laughs> but when it comes to X-Men films, and when it comes to superhero films, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I often say it's not a good film, like dot dot dot, it's not a good film, it's a good superhero film. I thought that um, X-Men Dark Phoenix was an excellent superhero film and an overall good film. I, I, if I was to rate it, I'd say 8 out of 10. Um, and, uh, and for you, Jürgen, how did you feel? <laughs> I feel from the comments we've had before recording the podcast that you might not share my opinion. Now, you are a much bigger fan of the X-Men universe. I'll get it. I, just, I, I do like superheroes in general, I think, a lot more than but you do. I'm a bit on and off uh, on the superhero movies, so skip a lot of them. Uh, X-Men has been skipped a lot in my... <laughs> for good reason, I'd say, in my opinion. Um, Did you see X-Men Days of Future Past? Yes. That, yes. that is an amazing movie. That is a, so good. That's oh. an 8.5, that's a 9. That's an amazing movie, but although some of the cast, of course, were grey, great, oh, uh, funny joke about Jean Grey, uh, <laughs> Sophie Turner was pretty good, McAvoy was good at sometimes, it was a bit choppy at sometimes, of course. Do you like his bald head? I love his bald head. I hope he's bald in had, every film. Had to do his bald and split. Yeah. And glass. Uh, Fastbender, also good. I, I don't know if I could say so much about without spoiling, but I, I felt it's so. Okay. I feel like I, I feel it was so for, forgettable. Like it was really dull and yeah. I'll hit, it's it, not, I'll hit it with the spoiler spoiler warning wall, and that if anyone out there, well, for I'd some just reason, give my rating now. What is it? I I give it a four out of ten. Four. Okay. Maybe three and so a if half. anybody out there is somehow watching this podcast, if it, <laughs> listening to this podcast, if anyone's ever listened to it and hasn't seen the film, or um, are not scared of, or are scared. care about a film that has had twenty-two percent reviews <laughs> on much spoiler wall is over. We can spoil it all I like. Okay, boom, spoilers. So why did you like me? Film? I'm sorry. Fuck off. The, I'm uh, not you, but Jesus Christ, what that mystique? Well, okay. First of all, they spoiled it in the trailer that Mystique was gonna die. I didn't know that. I saw the trailers. I didn't realize Mystique died. <laughs> yeah, that they showed that in a. Trailer. Maybe I watched the wrong trailer. Um, and then, fucking, I'm sorry, yeah, but I, Jennifer Lawrence was not that good in this movie. As much as I like Mystique as a character, she was good before I feel, but she was not good in this movie. Um, uh, if you'd like to insult Jennifer Lawrence, can you do it on a different podcast? Because you'll find no person more into Jennifer Lawrence, just as a general person, than I. <laughs> it does not at all come from the fact that she is a classically classically attractive woman. It's partly due to that, but I also just love Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, but I feel that her death, first of all, was really sudden for... Right. Yes, probably the third biggest character in the whole X Men series. Uh, 
Well, definitely in this X-Men series. It was a kind of big part of the plot, but I feel like not a lot of things changed about the characters because of it. Well, the one problem, one of the problems I did have was I didn't like that that kind of will they won't they romance of her and Beast that had kind of like it seems like my one of my criticisms with the X Men series is that they kind of seem to just keep chucking these are the new ones is they keep to just chucking in um, romance or like ships. here and there yeah they ship people they ship people like a sailor there's uh, the first film they shoved in um, James McAvoy with the FBI report, alas, which they also revived in Apocalypse. And then they had Fastbender have some kind of situation with Raven, with Mystique, for like 10 minutes. And then she had that thing throughout the first film with Beast, but then not really in the next two. And then this film it was really heavy, and they hadn't explained the backstory. And then, then Jean Grey and um, Cyclops had their little passion that had only kind of been alluded to in apocalypse and it was suddenly like established like between the films so if i had any criticism of the x-men series and this film specifically it would be that they just chuck in romance there's chucking ships unnecessarily you can make a film with likable characters without making them kiss each other all the time i mean like you know thor's never you know thor's never shagged the wasp or something i say jessica chastain's a great actor but i feel she did not have a lot to work with with this character because I guess the character's meant to be very emotionless but I hope she was meant to be emotionless if not uh, I, I'd like to have a word with Ch- Jessica Chastain the director <laughs> yeah I think the idea is it's an, it's an emotionless scrawl yeah. as they're called my favourite uh, my favourite part of this of the movie uh, was of course say. when uh, they were in the the hall I'd say the lobby of the hotel and uh, first I'd say then she <laughs> fuck me I feel bad for laughing at this but Jean uh, forced James uh, James McAvoy to walk oh that was so harsh yeah that was quite funny in a bad <laughs> way so funny oh <laughs> man I almost was... laughed like Oh, I'm sorry, oh. but him limping just up the stairs oh, was such man. It's like a puppet. I, was, I thought to myself, like, oh, come on, man. Don't, don't make fun of his Poor a, Pinocchio. A bit, a Poor bull Pinocchio over there. Uh, Jessica Chastain uh, hugs Sophie Turner to get, gain yeah. her powers. She was like, yes! <laughs> I thought your criticism was going to be the ex-women line that Jennifer oh, yeah, Lawrence that says. Oh, that too. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is terrible. My whole I mean... cinema just laughed. I'm like, what? It's such a terrible line. In the film, Jessica Lawrence says something along the lines of, you should look what's going on around here. The women have been saving the men. Maybe you should think about calling it ex-women to <laughs> Professor X, James McAvoy. That would be fine, okay, if she said... Look who's been saving who around here. Maybe we should be called ex-women. Or, look, we've been, the women have been saving the men around here. Maybe you should think about changing the name. Well, the fact she said the word women twice just made it so shit. I've got criticism of that as well. That was terrible. Maybe it's a 7.88 out of 10. <laughs> the train scene? That was I'd the best part of the film. I'd say, I mean, Nightcrawler, I'd say that was a good character arc. He, yeah. Like, kind of... A crew as a 
Mutant. I don't know if this is his first movie or not. I don't know. He was in the last one. Okay, he was in Apocalypse. Okay. Like, I don't know if he, how he was in Apocalypse. Was he like kind of how he was in the start of this movie? He was definitely less of an X Man than was he, he was like, here. Was he like as nervous and all that as he was in the start of this movie? Yeah. Okay, so they didn't like have him be like epic, uh, awesome fighter dude. No, no, no. He was always a bit trembly. Then... Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'd say that's pretty good, like him, like him showing up like, how cool like Nightcrawler can be. But I feel like uh, the train sequence. I feel like thirty people landed on the train from the tunnel in the start, and they fought like one hundred people. That's a bit. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> But maybe there's more kept coming on. I mean, no, they weren't in the tunnel when they fought. Yeah, so maybe more were getting dropped down. I thought that those. Have you, have you seen Captain Marvel? Uh, no. Captain Marvel had the same bad guys, which are Skrulls. Which okay, are they like, are the same. Okay. Yeah, they've been around since I think Fantastic Four issue three or something like that um, from 1961. So no. they're like one of Marvel's oldest bad guys. And I thought they were shit in Captain Marvel. I thought they did them really well. Just how they looked, they did them really well in uh, in this film. But you only see them as the aliens for half a second, you know, and, half and a it's minute. Really dark. <laughs> you yeah, see, yeah. you see some glimpses of them when they shot and that. But they're not like them. they're a different. You could you you could link this to the MCU by saying because they're called like the Dabari, which is like a type of scroll. I think it's like a family of scrolls. Unless I'm oh. getting confused, um, or unless they've made a new species up, but I'm pretty sure it's just like a different family of scrolls. So, how do you feel this is going to be? How do you think they're going to do the whole X Men in the MCU thing? Well, I'd say that I'd say it's pretty sad because uh, there's a lot of good actors that are gone. Yeah, McAvoy and Fassbender were amazing in the roles, and Jennifer Lawrence, of course. They, I feel like they are so tied to the roles that it's going to be hard to recast and i'd say sophie turner kind of def- deserves to be jean grain the next in like the mcu to like because i really like her as an actor uh, yeah but she then deserves the the to film, get she like, turns into the phoenix doesn't she and she fucking flies <sighs> off don't get me started on that uh <laughs> well, that actually she, happened in the comics though yeah but uh the Jean Grey saga, she which deserves. I'm sure you haven't read, but I have, and it's good. <laughs> but it's, it's better than the film, I will say. So, you know. Sophie Turner deserves a better write, a better, uh, better script, and a better director. So, I think the the thing is, is okay. So take the X Men and Fantastic Four, which are the Fox films. Fantastic. In the timeline split, uh, the timeline splits in. Days of Future Past. So the original films are on one timeline, and then they all die at the end, which is what happens in Logan. Well, after they're all dead. So you've got that, and you've got this film. So you kind of either one of the timelines, one of them where they all die, and the other one where you know half of them die. You know, Mystique and Havoc and whatever all die, and Jean Grey. So you could, so pretty much all kind of the ends have been tied up a little bit. The Fantastic Four films are shit, so let's pretend they didn't exist, at least Fox can. So when they're adding in the X-Men or the Fantastic Four to the MCU, they can just recast them and just start them new, and then you have to make an excuse for why they weren't involved with Endgame, or you could say that part of something that happened during Endgame brought out mutations in people. 
But this all has a major problem, which is Deadpool. Deadpool, which Marvel have the rights to now, which is part of Disney, is too good to get rid of. They cannot cast someone else as Deadpool. I don't think I think they've said we're going to keep Ryan Reynolds on. Which I just can't. Understand I'm sorry. I I can't. I don't want Deadpool in the MCU. He's not. He's such like sure. I I get why people enjoy his like solo movies, but he would not be good in like pushing him into like Spider Man. It's like, haha! Looks spikes the camera. Haha! Spider Man. Uh, remember Tobey Maguire? Ha ha ha. It's got, it's like, that is just gonna yeah. be like lines that kind of like break movies, I feel. Yeah, but then they can't not use him because it's him. So, yeah, I feel like it's smarter to just keep him as like a solo series. Yes, but then he also interacts so much with the X-Men in his films. I don't know, he's like very X-Men involved in the film you know he's like mates with cyclops and me so i don't know it's hard because i guess so what marvel could do is kind of just keep the x-men universe alive through him and just him be the last person in the x-men universe yeah. and make their own films but if they want but they do say they want to introduce the x-men in the fantasy four and i just think that it'd be strange if they did keep Deadpool in his own thing Especially because they've got every single other Marvel film was connected. They have, I mean, Disney haven't made a Marvel film that isn't involved with this. Uh, I mean, they've even got a film they didn't make in The Incredible Hulk, which is involved with this. And the Spider-Man films, which are obviously Sony, but they're involved with and all that. Are they? Kind oh, of, yeah, I think. Homecoming. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean, okay, not Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, no, I meant Homecoming and the... Yeah, I yeah. think, apparently, if, if Amazing Spider-Man went well, they were going to try and get him involved. Yeah. They, the thing, they were building up for Sinister Six. The they were. Spider-Man. And then The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is one of the worst superhero films oh, I've ever seen. It's dreadful. I mean, if you thought X-Men Apocalypse was bad, but you <laughs> haven't seen it. But if you did think it was bad, I mean, it's, it's nothing compared to that. Or Thor The Dark World. So they've got to get the X-Men and Fantastic Four involved. So I guess the way to do it is through the interdimensional travel in Far From Home. That's the only way I could see it happening. Does that mean that's not that we'll keep Fastbender? Okay. Mysterio, yeah, that's one. He is his character is him like tricking people and lying. So he's not firstly he's not gonna be from another dimension. That is like basically confirmed he's not from another dimension. Yeah, but there's so much dimensional travel in more recent Comics, Marvel comics. In the past, they kind of avoided it. Then had the Into the Spider Verse event, and it was the film of it, and the Secret Wars event, where different people are coming over, and Fantastic Four Reed Richards guy is inventing ways to travel through space, and travel through universes. My bad. And people are meeting each other from different worlds, and that's kind of how Miles Morales started doing his thing. So, I think there's so much precedent for it in the comics. And almost everything that the Marvel have done has been based on comics, but let the exception of Infinity War and Endgame. But Infinity War actually, that's a lie, because Infinity War is based on Infinity 
and Infinity Crusade and Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet, but it's very loosely, and Endgame is very, very loosely. But it's all got its base in comics and the Ultimate Universe specifically, and the Ultimates ended up moving universe, so therefore, judging off what we have in the comics, I would be surprised if they don't have some kind of dimensional travel involved. And then that makes sense because of the Spider-Verse, which kind of means that it kind of links up. And I think that's probably how they would do it. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't I don't think I'm going to big that much into uh, anything about the MCU now. I think I'm going to be done, except for Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man's a G. So I think, well, yeah. Well, comic book burnout in it, so comic film burnout is what people are saying, is that now we've done in-game and X-Men's over, and DCEU is shit. People are just so tired of comic films, and even as someone that, I love comic films, and I read comic books, it's just starting to just grain, it's starting to just kind of, you know, it's a bit, ugh. Oh wow, they're making a Captain Marvel 4. Oh wow, they're making an Ant-Man 3. It's like, oh, they're making a Doctor Strange 200. It's just like, it's the same thing now. I do, yeah. I do agree, you know, MCU, Endgame, I think, for a lot of people, was the end. I, I don't think the numbers will hit Endgame numbers for a long time. I don't think, like, they will be... I don't even think, like, Thor 3 won't even hit, like, something close to, like, Ant-Man. Like, I think people are, like, done now. You think making Endgame so popular that everyone will be like, oh, superheroes, and then Dark Phoenix have done well. But Dark Phoenix hasn't done great. I mean, it's, like, very competing I mean, with The Secret Life of Pets 2. It's not like dark, like Endgame was like, oh, superhero movies are cool. Like that, it made so much money because all of the other movies has established that people think superhero movies can be cool. Yeah, I mean, it took a long time for superhero films to be popular again, following the terrible last Superman film in the 80s. And it took ages for people to like Superman films, like superhero films again. Uh, until Blade, and it could be that one stinker is going to sink the ship. You know, if they have, if the next Avengers film's bad, yeah. along with the comic book burnout we've had, people might just go, fuck off, I'm going to go watch John Wick. You know what I mean? John Wick 6. John Wick 6. They're making a John Wick 4. I thought John Wick 3 was going to be the last one. I haven't seen John Wick 3 yet. Um, my bad. But... I thought they were going to make it three, but apparently, you know, no film series can die. Like Toy Story 4, which is coming out soon. Segway into the next period. So basically, you thought it was four out of six, ten film. Okay, I have, I have one more complaint, okay? Yeah. So, Mystique, right? Raven, fucking... Probably the most, like, the best, the biggest character, one of the biggest, right? And she died. Yes. She has helped them save the universe so many fucking times, right? Yes. Correct? Why the fuck did they name the school after Jean Grey and not Mystique? Yes, that is such a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, what the fuck has Jean done? Killed someone? Yeah, that's true. Fuck you, X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a really good point. Why do they name the fucking school after that camp? Okay. Babush. Boom. You get now you agree with me. Four, I get four out, out of ten. ten. 
Okay, mine's going down because of that. Yeah, it's like me in the middle. I'm six. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Go back to my segue. Upcoming films. So before we go, um, not much is coming out yet, but two films are coming out in the next week, the next um, you know Friday release date. Men in Black 4 slash Men in Black International slash Men in Black Thor Ragnarok <laughs> starring Chris Hemsworth and her name is Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. I couldn't remember her first name then. Um, joining up following their excellent on-screen relationship that we saw in Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Endgame. And unnecessary sequel slash spin-off question mark like a lot of people have been saying why does this film need to exist and I'm just happy they didn't make a Man in Black 4 because it's not called Man in Black 4 so they're going to go to a different it's international so it's not it's a completely different branch so I haven't got a problem with the sequel Splash been off neither do I no because I, I do I don't, I'm not a big fan I keep rebooting, rebooting things but the fact that the last film came out a while ago 2012, 2013, I'm going to say. So the last one came out in 2012. Uh, so it's been a bit of a while, and they're keeping that one of the characters on. Yeah. And then it's a it's a spin-off doing a different thing. And I think it's probably going to be quite good. I'm not a big fan of... I don't know, you're not into... You don't like basketball, do you? Not a big basketball. I'm into basketball. I love basketball. And uh, right now it's the NBA Finals. And every single ad break, there's one advert of Chris Hensworth and Tessa Thompson. Is that it? Yep. Going into a room with an NBA player, and then I've seen them. It. Yeah, they've got one with Chris Paul. There's one with Russell Westbrook. I can't. Remember, there's a couple others, and these. <laughs> thank God they basketball players because they definitely want to make good actors. They're so cardboard, and that puts me off seeing the film. And I'm also so tired of seeing them because they're on every ad break and there's like four adverts. So that puts me off it. But I'm really hyped for that film and that is the film I'm going to be going to see next week. Definitely. If I can fit that in. I'm busy. I'm in London doing my thing. Looking at unis. But I am going to be going to see that. I'm really hyped for it. I really am hyped for it. I like the old Men in Black as well. I'm a big Men in Black fan. That's good. You got much hype for it? You got any hype for Men in Black International? Or you just... I don't know. I like Chris Hemsworth. He's a good actor. He's good. Oh, God, proved he's so himself. attractive, isn't he? He's so oh, he is. He really is. And he's proved... He's proved in uh, Thor Ragnarok that he can. Oh, okay. But he's proved in Thor Ragnarok that he can do comedy. So, the other film coming out this week is Shaft, starring Samuel Jackson, which is a sequel to a reboot kind of but it's not really because it's like his nephew the original one of the 70s Richard Roundtree series crime action film thing and uh, they rebooted it in 2000 with the Samuel L. Jackson film and they are made a new one with the exact same name uh, which is strange I don't know why they didn't call it at least give it a tagline I mean the last film to be made in 2000 with Samuel L. Jackson is called Shaft why the 2019 film called Shaft whatever but um yeah i'm looking forward to it fbi agent that kind of thing that kind of typical crime action so two yeah 
agent movies then? Yeah, two agent films. Yeah, one <laughs> slightly less um, phantasmical. Do you know my Man of Black comes from a Marvel comic? I didn't even know that till recently. Bad uh, fan I am. And um, Shaft comes out on June the 14th, thea- uh, you know, theatrically. But I think it's on Netflix like two weeks after it comes out. Which is strange. Like, why would you buy buy a ticket? Unless I'm misunderstanding. But I think that's how it's working. It's coming out the 28th or something in Netflix. So, I don't know. But I, uh, I'm i looking forward to that as well. So, um, I think we'll probably get that on the old review. The next episode or the episode after. Seeing as it's free on Netflix. And I do not have a job because I am a student. So, that's what's coming out soon, and I think that's everything. So, that's been episode one of Now Showing, uh, a weekly film podcast made by two people that watch very little films. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. (laughs) 